Hey, welcome to the Biff and Butler podcast here. Once again, your host, you know, your favorite, Biff. Alongside me is Meathead. How's it going, <laughs> Meathead? I'm great, man. No complaints whatsoever. Um, so guess what week this is? Combine week. A.K.A. the underwear, All-American, Olympics, yes. all that kind of stuff. The uh-huh. good stuff we get to see out here. Today's Tuesday when we're recording this. Just to mind with this, so just in case some breaking news comes along, we have a little bit of a backup. We recorded this a little early, but the Underwear Combine hasn't officially started when this podcast come out. But we have seen the quarterback measurements and stuff like that, which is a big mm-hmm. thing because a lot of people were worried about hand sizes, worried about Tua's height. Was he really six foot or yeah. was he not? Tua measured in at six feet, so all every single Lions, Chargers, anybody looking for a quarterback, Dolphins mm-hmm. fans, they could be settled in, even though, I mean, you could look and realistically, height doesn't matter. I mean, Kyler Murray was picked number yeah, one I don't overall, think so like five, nine, yeah. five, ten. No, I agree. So it's just, you know, that's just something. But an interesting one, one thing I want to talk about, Joe Burrow got his hand measured, small hand. It yes. Not big, it was not big, wasn't 10 inches, wasn't anything like that. So did you see the tweet uh, he put out, I want to say, yesterday? It I was retweeted hilarious. that tweet. Yes, that it was, was hilarious. By, that was a peak tweet right listen, there by him. Listen, Joe Burrow, in my opinion, is becoming one of my favorite quarterbacks leading into the NFL of all the time. I mean, his 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 hot takes, I'm here for them. I'll just say that. I am 100%. here for all of his hot takes. He he is great. And uh, just in case you don't know the tweet, he tweeted this out yesterday about 5 o'clock. Considering retirement after I was informed, the football will be slipping out of my tiny hands. Please keep me in your thoughts. Like <laughs> That's I classic, mean, man. I feel him. I feel him That is that classic one, sense you know, of humor right there. The Biff and Butler podcast, we will keep you in your prayers, except for the fact you're going to make at least $36 million. Right? So, like, I, man. Like, I mean – Sleep you then, you know. Yeah, I'm envious, uh, man. Give us your money and we'll care a little more. Correct. about that? That will work out. And, I mean, it doesn't matter. Patrick Mahomes measured around the same, like, hand. I think he had a 91 fourth. Yes, they were small. Yes, so they were really small. Honestly, I've held a football before. I think my hands are a little bit bigger than his. Mm Mm-hmm. But you know, as long as you got, as long as you get the football, you don't have to firmly hold it. It's not like you're waggling it around out there like Michael Vick did back in the day. Yeah, he's more he's to be a quarterback to be holding with two hands and you get it out. As long as you're not slipping and as long as your hands aren't super moist all the mm-hmm. time or you have like grease on you, you should be fine. Listen, I'm I'm old school to where at the end of the day, all of that shouldn't matter. Just go back and look at the film because. The eye in the sky does not lie. And what Joe Burrow has been able to put on film this past season, it's it's without a question that his hand size or the lack thereof shouldn't really make a damn difference at all, in my opinion. And I agree with that 100%. But mm-hmm. you know what? You know, the old saying, though, is ball doesn't lie. Just saying. <laughs> we'll see how that hand goes. The hand, okay. Ball on the hand, you know. Ball doesn't lie. But a person unlike Joe Burrow, Jordan Love, quote unquote, measured king of the uh, combine so far. Oh yeah, I knew that. Yeah, he measured in really well. Ten, ten and a half inch hands, six three and three quarters. Yeah, your ideal size, ideal hand you want out there. Measured in the best. You think he's obviously going to participate? Joe Burrow and mm-hmm. Tua, who are the top two quarterbacks, aren't going to be participating in anything Correct. over 
the combine. You knew Tua wasn't because, you know, Tua's going in there and he's going to have just a little bit of measurements, mm-hmm. you know, and then he's going to go make sure every team's going to be like, oh, can I see your hip real quick? I have my team <laughs> doctors with me. Exactly. So he's just going to go through a bunch of that. And, I mean, Joe Burrow is just going to be interviewed. He was interviewed actually earlier this morning. And it, actually, real quick, because he had to go, this is another uh-huh. funny thing he did. When he was asked, does he want to play for the Bengals? And he said, I do not not want to play for them. It's I like, love it, I was man. like, it was such I a weird it. question. It's just like, I what, love like it, man. do you not want to play for this team? Anybody is being drafted. It doesn't matter if you're number one or yeah. you're going to be Mr. Irrelevant. You are going to say, I will play for I will not. I agree. You're not going to go out yeah. there and say, I'm not playing for this team. Mm-hmm. This isn't free agency where you go out there and be like, ah, you? Ah, bleep off. Don't even bother to offer me something. Yeah. Like if LeBron went to free agency or Tom Brady. Tom Brady could go do that right now. Be like, True. Yeah, I don't want to play for you. Just don't even bother offering uh-huh. me. Because realistically, there's 31 other teams that will be going for him. No, I agree. So, just another funny thought. Jordan Love, though, he will be participating in everything from what I've heard. Okay. So, what does what is going to be one of your biggest uh, things that you want to see out of him? Like, what's what drill do you want to see him really in? I think that will be the best to tell how he's going to project in the draft. I think scouts are going to want to see how well he's able to throw the ball accurately on a consistent basis in all of in in all of these drills plain and simple because I think he had a great 2018 season and the knock on him has been that he digressed in the 2019 season now I heard him on some pods before podcast talking about how he attributes a lot of that just to the lack of focusness on on, on his part and just a lot of changing parts uh at Utah State with the coaching change uh, losing a lot of seniors and in, 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 in juniors from the past year. So, again, I just think for him the main thing he needs to prove to a lot of these scouts that are going to be watching him uh, is the ability to throw the ball accurately on a consistent basis. Because I do think out of all of the quarterbacks in this draft, he does have the highest ceiling because a lot of people deem him as a raw traits uh, based pros- prospect as a guy that really hasn't come close to hitting his ceiling yet, sort of like a Patrick Mahomes was in 2017. Now, will he get drafted as high as Patrick Mahomes? We'll have to wait and see. I think uh, a lot of that depends on what he does this week in Indy and what he does at his pro day uh, back in Utah. Yeah, I mean, on I mean, I'm looking at the dropbacks, you know, the straight dropbacks mm-hmm. and throws. I think that's a little bit of a harder one. Because I'm looking at the drills they have. They had the pocket movement drill. I mean, honestly, for yeah. a quarterback, you should be able to move fluently in the pocket, especially when they're just pointing at you. Mm-hmm. You're not really having any sort of thing. I think the f- three, five, and seven dropbacks, that's going to be one of the most important ones because that's getting back there and throwing it right on a dime. True. When you're rolling out, you're doing all that kind of stuff. You know, you get time to look and see where you want to go mm-hmm. with it. You know, you get to see a little bit more down the field. Yeah. When you're doing a five-step drop, you get on your fifth step and you're throwing the football. You don't always have a perfect angle at the receiver you're going to throw to. No, I agree. And one drill I heard that they're adding that I'm excited that they're adding because I think we see this a lot in the NFL game today is the drill to where they're looking at how fast the quarterback can get the ball um, out of his hand as far as perpendicular to the line of scrimmage. Oh, no, so so kind of like a, almost a shovel pass drill, right? Uh, like a smoke screen in a way. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that, yeah, that's actually – that is an interesting one. It I is. Mean, 
realistically, that should help a lot because that is kind of almost a ba- that's a base out of college play. So it is most correct. You should you think you'd be able to do well, and you think any quarterback who's been in a system that mm-hmm. is anything unless you're running like the triple option. Maybe that is true. Doing it. <laughs> so you know, George, like the the reserve schools, you know, mm-hmm. the army schools and yeah. stuff like that. They won't be able to do that. The military schools. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the name of it. So. They may not be the ones that are perfect at it, but yeah, that one. I mean, that's an interesting drill, though, because I mean, you have to get it right. You don't want to throw it behind the guy. You can't throw it at. You don't want to throw it ahead of him. You have to throw yeah. it at him. No, listen, I love so it, it because uh, I think it it's it's in correlation to what we see a lot in the professional game nowadays. And I mean, there's so many quarterbacks that have incorporated that uh, into their uh, into their arsenal. Or so many offensive coordinators that have uh, incorporated that into their uh, their their uh, their weekly game plan. So I love it. I do. It is. You at least see it for every, every team. I'd uh-huh. say if I was going to make a, an assumption, but about five times a game. You no, I agree. Almost every team. Hands down. Hands I mean, down. It's it's an easy play, and it it's just a big it's just a big opportunity play, especially mm-hmm. when you have receivers out there. You know, you're not having Julio Jones is out there. You're having more guys who are going to be. Like in this draft, KJ Hamler yeah. size stuff like that, small, fun sized guys who could do those really well. So going off that, one more thing before we get in, we will go into we are still gonna focus mostly on this podcast about the uh different things that each team needs to do. Mm-hmm. Just because we can only talk so much about the combine. You could talk all day about every still position. Early. It is most guys yeah, I mean first until day. after you get all the results, you don't really know what's going on. But who should people be watching this weekend at the Combine, looking for their name as guys potentially will go offensively and defensively? Okay, because I think name this— Name two or three, I guess. So I think this week is mainly, right now, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. We'll be at the whole Combine weekend. Okay, the so whole everybody. entire so we'll start, Combine. we'll start in the offensive side. Just okay. name a couple names. Ooh. Because I'll throw out some, don't I, worry. So you'll have time to I th- think. Okay, I think with me, I'm very intrigued about— this deep wide receiver class, uh, mainly in the guys behind the top two at that position, as far as guys like Henry Ruggs, uh, Laviscus Chenault from uh, Colorado, I think, guys that are behind the top two. Because again, I think we understand what Jerry Judy and CD Lamb are, but I just want to really see how those guys that are listed right behind them are going to perform if they are going to perform i'm assuming those guys are going to perform you would think i mean not to interrupt uh-huh. you but go ahead i mean like rugs rugs is supposed to be one of the speediest receivers out there i kind of that's what see i heard what that's his, why i can't wait i yes. want to see what his 40 time is because, because of, you know what he's a borderline first round pick he runs that four two that supposedly he could be running. I'm, I'm hearing that, that. yeah, it exactly. Might be the third or fourth, he yeah. might move up past T Higgins and all those. Well, guys. It, what's funny? There's a well, there's a lot of people that think if he's able to have a great combine and run what he has been anticipating uh, on running, that he could possibly be the first wide receiver taken off the board, dependent on what teams are looking at uh, at the position position that they are, because he is a very speedy receiver, almost like a Tyreek Hill. So, I mean, a lot of a, a, a lot of us have seen the success that Tyreek Hill has had in the NFL with Kansas City. So, if there is a team that wants to somewhat maybe model their offense uh, similar to Kansas City or just want a speedy, deep threat or a guy that they can use in the punt return, kick return, and a lot of other uh, special areas, then, again, they I'm hearing that they will not be surprised as far as scouts 
if he happens to be the first wide receiver off the board? That and I mean, one thing I'm also looking at is the running back situation because the running yes. back, it's there. It's gonna be a little weird. It's uh-huh. gonna be the first year I think we're not gonna see a top 15 running back taken. Mm-hmm. And like, it's gonna be it's a weird class where there's a lot of guys. They're good and they have the potential, mm-hmm. but they've also been abused a lot in college and how we look at running backs nowadays. Yet the kind of unless you like it, you don't want to take it early. Yeah mentality just because you don't want to have to pay the guy yeah. and all that kind of stuff. You could, it seems like you get a dime a dozen running back. Well, you know, you mentioned running backs. The two guys to me that come to mind uh, that I'm very excited on seeing is Jonathan Taylor. I really want to see how well he catches the ball out of the backfield because I don't think he did that enough at Wisconsin. And quite frankly, I want to see how Cam Akers performs because I know um, a lot of people have Cam Akers in their top five. Uh, a guy that is projected to come off the board uh, in day two uh, very, very early. And I know uh, Florida State really didn't use him the way that a lot of people thought they should have used him. So I'm actually excited to see how he uh, he moves around and flies around at the combine. You know, we're both guys who definitely don't like him as me being a Gator fan and you <laughs> yeah. being from the U. But, uh-huh. you know, I he mean, has I have bad respect for that guy. Same he here, really, man. He's really good. And he I was is. one of the guys who I wanted to kind of look at and even J.K. Dobbins, who's been looked at the third like running back uh-huh. in this draft, yeah, I think he, if he has a good combine, he goes out there, he could run, catch, do everything mm-hmm. like that. He's a fast enough guy. I think he could jump over Jonathan Taylor and potentially oh, yeah. DeAndre Swift. Well, you know, uh, I don't think there's a number one running back. Like, you know, uh, in our- I listened to the Move the Sticks podcast with uh, Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, and on both of their, I guess, draft charts as far as the top five. At running back, they actually have Dobbins right behind DeAndre Swift as far as at number two. And then they even have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at number three. Well, he had a great season at Uh LSU. And then they come in four and five with Jonathan Taylor and uh, Cam Akers. So, again, with me, I'm just interested to see those last two guys because I just just feel like with Jonathan Taylor, we really didn't see him catch the ball out of the backfield enough, and that is vital for any running back that is going to be an every down back in the NFL. And with Cam Akers, I just want to see how Cam Akers is going to be able to correlate over to the NFL game because I don't think Florida State really used him in the right way to really showcase his talent. No, but he's had four years of greatness. But uh, So we're going to go this transitioning over. I have a quick question okay. for you. There's a lot of guys from Alabama and LSU, once again, that mm-hmm. are at the top of this board. Who do you think has more come out of the – who do you think Ooh. takes the first-round bait? Because you know one of those two teams are going to be the number one most first-round okay. picks this year because you're just looking at the – I think, the, okay, first round, so let's go through it. First round, I'll start with Alabama. I think Henry Ruggs goes. Um, Jerry Judy goes. And I think uh, Xavier McKinley. And then I think Jedrick Wills. I think those four right now are a lot to me, those four. So, again, I'll repeat it for the listeners. Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, uh, Xavier McKinley, and Jedrick Wills. Now, they're going to go in different orders. What are you thinking about Tua, though? You oh, yeah, I forgot about Tua. Tua. Sorry, sorry. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Like, no, my bad. Yeah. Don't know? No, 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 my bad. Tua and, and Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, honestly, I think the order is going to go this, for those who want me to put it in the order. I think it's going to be Tua Tungavailoa, Jedrick Wills, I'm going to say 
I'm going to go off on a limb. I'm going to say Henry Ruggs because I think he's going to – listen, I think he's going to run a 4-2. And I think someone's going to get very, very enticed about that and say, listen, this is this is going to be our what next – What happened with John Ross? John Ross yeah. ran a 4-2, became the first receiver taken yeah. a couple years back. And I think someone's going to say, listen, this can be our Tyreek Hill. Then I think Jerry Judy is going to follow him. And then I think last but not least is going to be uh, Xavier McKinley. McKinley. Now for LSU, um, no particular order right now. I'm going to go Joe Burrow. Oh, man. Uh, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. You got Patrick McQueen. You have uh, – you know, you know what? I don't know Patrick about Queen. him, but I think Caleb uh, Von Chasen. Yeah, Caleb Von Chasen. And Grant Delpit. So I'm going to so I'm gonna leave McQueen off right now. Now, I think McQueen is borderline fringe. I wouldn't be surprised if he does go in the first round, but I think he's more fringe, more like – either late first round or early day two. But the guys I feel confident about going first round is Joe Burrow, uh, Caleb Von Chasen, Grant Delpit, and Justin Jefferson. Oh, so that's a 5-4 bam away. Yeah. All right. But, like I just said, I you think – Queens uh, – Yeah, he's borderline. He's French. I don't blame you on that one. So we went through a bunch of names there, a lot of guys on defense, uh-huh. especially on the LSU side. Who are you looking for on the defensive side real quick before we Ooh, get into okay. our AFC East stuff? See, with me, I'm more intrigued with the secondary because I think the way this league is now, the NFL, teams are becoming very, very pass happy, and you need guys that can cover and guys that can cover uh, at a high, consistent rate. So I'm, I'm very intrigued about a lot of the depth at corner and even at safety because there's a lot of good safeties out there. Uh, Xavier McKinley's one guy. Isaiah uh, Simmons. Isaiah Simmons. I mean, he's a hybrid. Uh, Ashton Davis, the kid from uh, California, uh, the, the kid from Cal. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a th- listen. There's a lot of guys in the secondary that I'm just I'm just excited to see because you know what? Too at that position, you have to be able to run. So your forty is everything at the uh, at at the secondary position. So I'm actually excited to see how a lot of guys I've heard about and watched over the course of the season, how they perform and how they run uh, the 40. Because if you run a slow 40, you can't play in this league, let alone can't last in this league because the receivers that are coming out are blazing fast. And you need defensive backs, whether it's at corner or at safety, that can run with those type of players. Yeah, or else you must be the most vicious safety out there being able to yeah. jam a guy at the line. Exactly. Instantly. Two guys who you didn't mention, and one like one of them especially since – Gator fan, and he came off injury. C.J. Henderson, I want to kind of see how he performs. Yeah. He's injured a little bit, and I know he didn't play in uh-huh. the uh, he didn't play in the Orange Bowl this year. So a little bit of yeah, it's been a while since he's had enough time to be healthy. I want to see what his forty is. You, you know, it's funny. I want to really see the ten yard split on it if he has a fast yeah. ten yards. You know, it's funny. He's actually climbing up a lot of people draft boards. A lot of people have him slotted right now to go right behind Jeff Okuda as far as like the second corner off the board. And to me, that's a little surprising because I just feel like to play corner in this league, you not only have to be able to run fast, but you have to be able to tackle nowadays. And I know that's something that CJ Henderson just doesn't like to do. But hey, I guess, you know, if you have a team that values uh, the cover aspect over the tackling aspect, then it makes sense that he would be the second corner off the board. But Again, uh, if I'm a GM of the team, I would want my corners to be able to tackle as well as 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 cover. No, I don't blame you on that one. I mean, he 
was injured this year, so but he only had like thirty three tackles, which yeah. you know doesn't matter. He only played in eight games or how many ever games he played, and I'm mm-hmm. not hundred percent sure off the top of my head. But yeah, you eh. You could do better on that one in my opinion. But I mean he has some games where he does tackle a lot, but I mean against when he played But you know what it is? It's just his willingness to not tackle at times, as far as like to not really get involved when he has to. Well, I was about to say a lot of his ta- like there's a good chunk of his tackles though in the big in the big games where he gets tackles that do come off assists and stuff yeah. like that. So it's like jumping on somebody else. You know, yeah. in the NFL you do have to make that one on one tackle. Mm-hmm. You can't let can't let somebody stand you up. I agree. You can't do that. No, you, you can't. can't do that. So another per so lastly, any kickers or punters for some reason you have, Ooh. you know, you can't you can't no. forget about those guys. I don't. You can't forget about those you guys. You know, that is uh the least two positions I have been, I guess, briefed on or or or, or, or even thought to. Uh, I don't think to you're study. the only one. <laughs> I mean, honestly, just being honest, when man. you see those guys come out, you know, you just get happy. You get to see Pat McAfee or whoever just going up there, uh-huh. David Akers or something, going blah 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 blah, and then you know they get to yeah. do that. I think that's cool when they go on stage. But yeah, I mean, honestly, don't look at them. I was wondering if you had somebody that no, I just didn't no. know about. All right. So it's like we're gonna put like a. I'm gonna put transition here. Okay, we'll sounds go good. In, so we're just. I'm just gonna come in like we're starting in the AFC. Okay, sounds good. Sounds good, man. I love it. All right, Rashad. Now it's time for the AFC East preview. So every week we're gonna go through until we're done with these, and which will be about around draft time. We're gonna go through and talk about each division, what they could do in the off season, how it could help, and when obviously free agency kind of ends. We'll talk about what they need in the draft. We'll kind of go through, and I'm sure we'll go a couple more times through these same teams. Last week we did the NFC East. We'll definitely be talking about them towards draft time just because you have two teams in the top five. You also have teams that might need to, depending on what happens in free agency, go. But this week we're talking about the AFC East. And, you know, since we are in Miami recording this, we We got to start off with the Dolphins. I'm all for it, man. Draft Kings literally have six picks in the first three rounds of this Uh draft. Three in the first round, two in the second. A lot of things they need. They need offensive line. Uh-huh. They need. You could potentially say they need defensive line. I think the one position that they, I could imagine that they're not really going to be an emphasis on is maybe linebacker. That's and well, receiver. Receiver yeah, think, number one, and then yeah, I, think I think maybe linebacker will be number two. Yeah, I think more wide receiver. If anything, I do. Yeah, I think. That's going to be where they're going to be putting the least amount because, I mean, you saw Devontae Parker mm-hmm. and all those guys. Plus, you're getting a healthy Preston Wilson back next year. Uh, Preston Williams. Preston Wilson was a baseball player. <laughs> you know, my cousin over there. That's why I'm laughing. Wilson. That's why I'm laughing. So, some free agents we got to look at because, I mean, that starts okay. first, March 18th. They need mm-hmm. a lot of guys. They have a, the most cap space. The they second do. most cap space, actually, I believe, in the NFL right now. They have a lot. A lot of guys. There's a lot of guys out there that they could be interested in, and especially since they have the cap space, mm-hmm. and they have the young coach, and you know, you could look at it as you're part of a team that's gonna have potentially two a a fresh faced quarterback that yeah. was for the longest time looked at as best quarterback coming out of this draft. You have a lot of different things. So, a couple of the guys who I wrote down. I mean, I think they're gonna try to get an edge rusher in free agency i think that's one of the positions that's very heavy uh-huh. and very fluent in this free agency process you have shaquille barrett kyle van noy bud dupree who has been just mm-hmm. an up and riser and he's a little bit cheaper 
What about you? What are your some of your thoughts on it? Um, when I hear those list of names, there's only one name that really jumps out to me as far as a guy that can come in right away and doesn't have to adjust to the system, and that's Kyle Van Noy. Uh, Patriot. Mm-hmm. But another guy that I think may be on their radar that I'm sure we will get into more detail when we cover his team uh, pretty soon coming up is Shaq Lawson. That's another guy that I think Brian Flores really values, a guy that can not only rush the passer but set the edge. And he's one of those guys that he came on very, very strong uh, this past year. I know like his first few years in the league were kind of like, uh, you know, kind of all right. But this past year, I mean, he really started to play uh, equivalent to the position where he was drafted uh, in in the NFL draft. But uh, other positions, I think, too, uh, is the secondary. I'm a really big fan of Byron Jones. Uh, I do think that if the price is right, it wouldn't hurt taking a chance on a guy like him because I do think to be successful in this league, you need two corners that can really hold their own against the best wide receivers in this league. And then uh, moving over to the offensive side of the ball, two positions, I think you need a running back. It doesn't have to be a big-time running back, but someone that can make plays and extend plays. And last but not least, I think you need help on the offensive line. Uh, A guy that I'm interested in is Joe Thune, only because I'm big on – you either draft guards in the later rounds or you you take a chance on guards in free agency because that's where the value is at at that position. Now I know that he's going to cost a lot of money because he is going to be the highest paid guard uh, on the market this 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 offseason. Again, I don't know if Miami wants to pay that money, but if I'm Miami, the two biggest positions I'm paying is – the secondary, like I would pay Byron Jones all the money he wants, and I would pay Joe Thune all the money he wants. And I would actually sign Kyle Van Noy at somewhat of a good deal, but not like a uh, a out-the-ballpark deal because Kyle Van Noy, just, he, he just doesn't have those numbers to back it up, if that makes any sense. Dang, I had two of the three guys on my list that you got. So I, I think that's pretty okay. good. I mean, another guy they can't go for Byron Jones mm-hmm. – because I know there are rumors that supposedly the Cowboys may just not do with, or Dak may just not want to be at the Cowboys. Huh. So if they do that, if I'm the Cowboys, I'm keeping two or three guys on the team. That, that makes are sense. The big three that are leaving. I'm keeping Byron Jones if they don't sign Dak, because then you could sign Amari Cooper and then you transition tag, then you transition tag uh, Byron Jones. Mm-hmm. Can't think of the name for a second, but uh, a couple names that popped up on me, and you know, just because the. The Dolphins have X-Man already. They already have their number one solidified yeah. corner out there. So you need guys who have veteran experience who can fit on the other side and, you know, have the ability to play. I looked at I saw Kendall Fuller and Logan Ryan. Those yes. two those two guys kind of yes. spat out at me as uh-huh. guys who I could see fitting well as that other corner on the boundary. Because it's not like they need a ton of corners because a lot of their young guys got a lot of Help they got a lot of yep. playing time this uh-huh. year, so they will be better. So they're secondary. You just need a guy who could go out there and play it, and you 
and he'll be fine. Because, I mean, X-Man, you never know if he gets yeah. hurt. You just need almost an insurance. And it's him. funny you brought up Logan Ryan. I forgot about him. And I think Logan Ryan, now thinking about it, may be a better option than Byron Jones for two reasons. Because I don't think he's going to cost as much as Byron Jones. And at the same time, he is a guy that understands that system because he he was coached by Brian Flores when he was in New England. So uh, I take that back. I do think that Logan Ryan may be the best fit in the secondary for the Dolphins. So it, to me, if the Dolphins can come away with these three players, I'll be happy. Logan Ryan, Kyle LeVanoy, and Joe Thune. If they can come away with those three players in free agency, then I think Chris Greer has done a marvelous job thus far before the NFL draft because those are three key uh, blocks you can definitely build it around. I can agree with that. So now we're going to go. I want to kind of focus a little bit on the draft too. Okay. we got kind of three guys that they need to target heavy on mm-hmm. free agency. Now this draft, they have five picks within the first two rounds. They have – Four picks within the first 40 picks. So, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to get a lot of good players out there. Obviously, we know that five spot, Tua Mo- or Herbert. Not a huge fan of Herbert personally, yeah. especially on the Dolphins. But I think regardless of how, honestly, however, as long as Tua looks like he could be better, maybe he's not going to be an impact yeah. player. I think the Dolphins need well, to go for him. Because what, go ahead. I was just saying because they have Ryan Fitzpatrick next year. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they need to rush him on the field. You know, here's the question I think the Dolphins have to ask themselves. Because if you want to keep all three of your first-round picks, uh, then it may not be in your best interest to draft Tua. Because I think Tua is going to cost you one of your first-round picks, potentially that 26th pick uh, at the very end of the first round. But if you want to keep all of your first-round picks, then it may be best to just sit tight and take Justin Herbert. Now, again, I know a lot of fans wouldn't be happy with that, but, again, it's just strategy. But I'm under the belief that the Dolphins, they've had their eye on Tua Tungavaloa for quite some time. I think they're going to find a way to move up and get Tua. And I do believe this. I think that they're going to be very active in the first round with another trade because I think they're very intrigued about uh, the top four tackles as far as Jedrick Wills, uh, Mekhi Becton, Tristan Worfs, and uh, I can't think of Jones the last. from Utah, right? No, it's uh, actually, oh, man. Who... I mean, Jones from Houston. Yeah, but he but he's not looked at to go that high as far as with the other guys I mentioned. I think it's one more. It's not it's not Andrew Thomas because he's not looked to he's not looked at to go that high either. But I do, but again, I do think if they want their pick of the litter. Oh, you're at, thinking of uh, Mackay Becton? I say Mackay uh, Becton. I say so Jedrick Wills, Tr- 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 Tristan, Tristan Warfs, Mackay Becton. Andrew Thomas would be the uh, he's the number five okay. on, so, on the list. Okay, so I take it back. Then it's just three. I think if they want their pick of the litter at the top three, which by far, again, is Jedrick Dred- Wills, excuse me, Tristan Warfs, and Mackay Becton, then I think they're going to have to potentially move up from that 18 to potentially 12 or higher to have the pick of the litter at either of those three guys. Because I think the two teams that sit above the, well, will sit above them 
before 18 that I think are going to be in the heavily in the tackle market is the Browns and the Jets. So I think you have to find a way to get ahead of those two teams. Again, if you want the pick of the litter out of those three top tackles I just mentioned. Now, again, if you want to sit tight, and, and again, if you're intrigued by Andrew Thomas or um, – what is it, Josh, Josh Jones, Jones? Then I think, hey, I mean, you'll be fine. But again, if you're not really intrigued by those two guys and you want the top three, then you're going to have to move up from 18 to even have a chance at either of those top three tackles. You're definitely right because, I mean, you're, this could be one of the years you're not going to see a first pick over – like the first two picks mm-hmm. be a tackle. You already know, honestly, what the first three picks realistically are going to be. That's true. We do. I mean – there is a potential the third pick may be different if the Lions doctors see something different and they mm-hmm. don't decide to trade out. But let's be real, that's probably not going to happen. Yeah, I know you are. We're a big person with Jeff Okuda potentially going there. Mm-hmm. I know he's potentially dropping, and I could see maybe even the Giants looking at him at number four potentially now. Yeah, but you know, I think with the Giants, I think that's when we're going to see our first offensive tackle come off the board. And the more and more I hear, I think the first tackle off the board is going to be Makai Becton just because of his size. He uh, is a big dude. I looked at him today, and he is a big dude. And a lot of people say he moves very, very well. So, again, anytime you just draft a quarterback to be the replacement to a Hall of Fame quarterback in Eli Manning, you have to do whatever it takes to put guys in front of him that can keep him upright. So I see the Giants – uh, taking a tackle, and I do think the first one off the board is going to be Makai Becton. At one time, I did think it would be Jedrick Wills, but I just think it kind of makes more sense, especially if Makai Becton is able to have a great combine along with the pro day. I think it's a lock that he'll be the first tackle taken off the board because I mean, you're talking about a guy that big that can move that freely. I mean, we haven't really seen that since what Brian McKinney, like yeah. back in 2000, 2002. You Brian know, McKinney, and, and, yeah, great name right yeah. there, and he went high. So, I'm looking at the draft board real quick. Okay. I'm looking at possible teams the Dolphins would be able to trade, assuming that they're keeping five and they're moving a bunch of other picks to be able to do that. Because that mm-hmm. was an interesting one, maybe trading up to get it. That Jacksonville spot, I feel like, is like the one spot where yeah, they're going to be able what, to like go. Number which nine, is, right? Yeah, right yeah. in front of both the Jets and the Browns. What would they have to trade to get that, though? That's going to be the biggest thing. Now, okay. They'd have to potentially Question. trade a lot. Now, are you assuming that they stay put at number five, or are you assuming that they move to number three? I'm assuming they stay put at five. Okay. I haven't moved okay. anything else. If if they stay put at number five, who? I'd assume they have to lose their two draft, their two first rounders, and then maybe a second rounder at that point. Well, I mean, if they if they if they stay put at five, I mean, they would give Jacksonville the number eighteen pick, and. Because Jacksonville already has two picks in the first round. So they would give Jacksonville the number 18 pick. I mean, Jacksonville will move back. And I think, yeah, that's a good question, man. I mean, you could give them the 26th pick as well, too, because I think they're picking, what, like at 25 they're also, picking, right? Uh, they're picking 9th and 20th. Okay, 9th and 20th. Huh. But if I was Chris Greer, I would see if they would budge first at the second round pick over the last first-round pick. The Dolphins can give him number 39, which would be the seventh pick in the second round, which will have a lot of interesting things there for yeah, because, Jacksonville. Especially. Because I don't have the draft value chart in front of me. 
because it's all about making sure the numbers add up or come close to adding up. And even if they do add up, most teams usually throw in a sweetener uh, to finalize the deal. I'm looking at the draft value okay, chart right so, now. So the number nine pick has third is like the number on there thirteen hundred and fifty. Okay, now what? Now what is the eighteenth pick? The eighteenth pick is nine hundred, which would put you pretty close there. At a difference of what, like four hundred and something? Yes, and with that thirty ninth pick, that would work. Yeah, that would be oh, actually be a little bit over. So okay. the total on that one would be actually fourteen ten. Yeah, so and, be and, technically sixty yeah, points and, over. And then, you know, if you want to add in a sweetener, like maybe uh, a pick in the fourth round or maybe a pick in the fifth round, because I because I know those are rounds that Miami has multiple picks in as far as on day three, the fourth and the fifth round. So, I mean, again, like that could be a sweetener as well. That's actually an interesting one. So you could do potentially Jacksonville would get the 18th pick and then they would get the 39th and the Dolphins would move up to the ninth and potentially – Nine, and then we'll say like the hundred and tenth pick. Yeah, we'll just mm-hmm. you know just a generic yeah. number that's going to be in there. Because that way now you're able to keep uh, that last pick in the first round. And again, this is just assuming that they stay put at number five. Because if all things change, if they move if they move up to number three, now we have a entirely different set of circumstances. Oh, I, that number yeah exorbitantly moves <laughs> up, and then yeah, then the Dolphins. Even though they could almost make relatively the same trade, it looks like, to actually go up to number three, interestingly enough. Huh, okay. If I'm looking at the numbers here. Yeah, yeah actually, that trade would work out perfectly for number three pick, too. Yeah. <laughs> interesting things. Yeah, that is interesting. We teach, we're teaching you a lot here. <laughs> but again, I mean, you know, usually with a lot of these picks, even though they add up, most teams require a sweetener to even oh, like, yeah. make so the Oh, yeah, so you'd have to throw in the other – yeah. throw another pick mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure the Dolphins would have to lose probably if they're going to go – they want to keep it. be – if they want to keep their number uh-huh. five pick so they yeah. could do the lineman and they could also get Tua, they'd have to probably give up 18, 26, and 39, yeah, because, I assume. Because I, I would be happy if the Dolphins came out of this draft first round at least with – the quarterback and the tackle. I know a lot of people want a running back or a playmaker on the offensive side of the ball, but to me, I just think that you have to build or acquire foundational pieces. And if you can acquire a quarterback and a left tackle, that does you so much as far as cap-wise advantages for the next four to five years, especially if those players work out to be studs. Yeah, no, I'm I'm looking at this while you were talking about it. I mean, Dolphins can get a little if you look at this plus with the sweetener, the Dolphins can get a little bit uh they can maneuver a little bit more than I thought they can with this. Still be a little different difficult to do. But there's a lot of different things. Yeah. Too many situations <laughs> to go through. But I do want to go back to what you were talking about cuz Dolphins won their big needs, especially uh-huh. with Mark Walton out and Brian Fitzpatrick yeah. being their running back, basically their leader rushing. What what are they gonna, what should they do with that? If they do, assuming keep the same thing, no trades or anything yeah. like that, with the twenty six pick, do you think it's worth them maybe going for an edge rusher, assuming they don't get one in free agency, or go for a running back? Because I mean, they do need a running back. Yeah, uh, I think it would be smart to go for a position. 
uh, a value as far as a premium position. So that way, if you hit on that guy, you have him under contract for like the next four or five years. So I would say edge rusher. I would like for them to acquire their running back in a free agency. And then I will also like them to acquire their running back later in the draft, uh, either around late day two, as far as in the third round, or probably early day three, early in the fourth round. So you're thinking one of the later running backs, which I'm going to pull up my board here and just uh, – because now you're talking about guys like Zach Moss, uh, DJ Dallas, AJ Dillon, guys in those tiers. And again, I think all three of those guys have the potential to be successful running backs at the next level. Yeah, no, I mean, those wouldn't be bad guys whatsoever, especially Zach Moss. Zach mm-hmm. Moss is looked at as potentially a, yeah. I think he might be the early third round pick you might have to use. So you will have to use Dolphins have the 70th pick, which is the sixth pick mm-hmm. in the third round. I think you'll be able to land him or Anthony McFarlane potentially at that moment. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about him. Uh So that would be kind of an interesting one. So if you had to finish out the Dolphins' first round, assuming they keep all these positions, you have Tua Herbert at the top spot. What about 18? Uh, To me, if you stay put at 18, it has to be offensive tackle. So you're thinking potentially Josh Jones most likely just because the other guys are probably be off the board? Uh, I'm thinking Andrew Thomas. I think Andrew Thomas will be there. And I think Andrew Thomas uh, is a more solid prospect right now. The one knock I hear about Josh Jones is that the kid is is very raw uh, as a prospect and he's going to need some uh, development. So I think the safest pick if you stay put at 18 would be Andrew Thomas. And then at 26, again, I'm all about – premium positions and I feel like if there is an edge rusher there which you covet go get them I mean that there's a couple guys who have been on that edge idea you have uh Yurton Grossmatos from uh uh-huh. Penn yeah. State yeah, yeah, Gross I mean, even I, uh Marlon Davidson a guy from Auburn who might be around yeah. that area that's another mm-hmm. interesting guy who could be thought of and even uh Zach Bond a guy that has uh has come on big, a guy that actually had a great, great senior bowl. That's true. I mm-hmm. forgot about him. Yep. He's From Wisconsin. Actually, yeah, he's actually listed actually pretty low on this, uh, uh-huh. according to this draft ranking, but it might not have the exact opposite one because he's also – he wasn't on it originally. So yeah. nope. that's an interesting look at that. I, yeah. I see he's, he's, been, yeah, he's yeah, one he's of rising. the guys who actually did tell you to look at for yep. the combine mm-hmm. this week. All right. So I think we covered the Dolphins. We did. So you got everything you need. If you want, if they want to go. A couple guys they need to look at a free agency. Just to recap, Kyle Van Noy, Logan Ryan, and Joe Thune. Those are three guys they need to go after. Yep, I agree. And then we even went over a couple of trade scenarios for where they could draft up for a tackle, which means they'd have to get rid of their probably their second round and first round picks. Mm-hmm. A couple of those along the way. So a lot of interesting things we yeah. got through there. Next, I want to go to the New York Jets, another team that's going to be draft heavy. They have only one first-round pick. They had the 11th uh-huh. pick. They had the 16th pick in the second round, which lands at 48-ish. Uh-huh. Then two third-round picks, which for what they need can be it, – it's a little interesting because, I mean, Robbie Anderson looking like he's potentially going to be a free agent because yeah. he's just going to want to get paid. This team is in need of receivers. And also – they do have Le'Veon Bell, which is a trading uh-huh. piece, because you know he doesn't want to be there yeah, anymore yeah. with Adam Gase. Well, to me, I think the main thing they need to address, because they have, what, the 13th pick? They have the 11th pick. 11th pick. 
it has to be one of those premier offensive tackles. I mean, listen, but I wouldn't put it past Adam Gates to do something otherwise to go for the more fancier pick as far as like a wide receiver. Because I can, listen, I can definitely see Adam Gates taking a chance on a guy like a, a Jerry Judy if he's there or even a C.D. Lamb because Adam Gates is, he's very enamored with the guys that can run fast and the guys that can do all the things that he covets. But when you look at the Jets, one of their biggest problems uh, over the past few years has been the lack of uh, having adequate offensive linemen that can get the job done on a week-in, a week basis. So if I'm the Jets at number 11, it ha- it has to be one of those three pe- premier tackles, whether it's going to be Mekhi Becton, uh, Jedrick Wills, or Tristan Wirfs. It has to be, in See, my opinion. With how I'm looking at him, I'm assuming I think it's going to be Tristan Wirfs. I think he's going to be the third man taken off. I mean, I just can't imagine Wilkes. Yeah. Or uh, Becton, because Becton's just a monster. Yeah. So if you can look at him and you see, like, you can harness his abilities, not a question. But uh, top five needs, according to what I've seen online, I think actually this is six on here. I mean, offensive tackle is a huge uh-huh. one. They do need some secondary help. And yes, especially, they do. They might need potentially to look at another safety because who knows if Jamal Adams is really going to be staying there, mm-hmm. even though he's a beast. Obviously, Edge. Correct. Just because they lost Leonard Williams and guys like that. And then you have receivers because mm-hmm. the receiver is a big thing. Especially yeah. Robbie Anderson leaves. They have really nothing on that offense. I think for so the Jets, Bell, which... their first two picks, in my opinion, should be offensive tackle and it should be an edge rusher. And I know Adam Gates is go- is going to do the completely opposite, but I just think with this wide receiver class being so deep, there's no need to reach for a wide receiver in the first two rounds. I still think that you can get a day one quality starter in the third round at wide receiver. So if I'm the Jets, my first two picks off the board as far as in the first and second round has to be uh, offensive tackle and an edge rusher. And I'll even say edge rusher slash um, secondary help because, I, because, again, I don't think you can go wrong with either or because I think in free agency you're going to have to address one of those positions anyway. Yeah, no, definitely, and I mean, this is a great cl- – I mean, that's two of the positions that are really good besides quarterback yeah. in this free agency class. One, So, with a third-round pick at quarterback, I mean, receiver, that's kind of an interesting thing right there. Mm-hmm. You brought it up because there are a lot of guys, I mean, that would be – in other drafts besides this one, probably be a little bit higher, like Denzel I agree. Mims and yeah. K.J. Hamler. I don't know why K.J. Hamler went out with this class personally. Yeah. If he would have stayed next year, I think he could have been a borderline first-round mm-hmm. pick. He probably will end up being towards the later end of day two with this. What do you think about those guys or anybody else that you come to mind that you know, they could be looking at? If a, they, a, assuming they do okay. the right thing. A guy that I love that I think would really fit Adam Gates's system, a big guy, and what's the guy from Florida? Vance. Uh, Van Jefferson? Yeah. Listen, I watched that kid at the Senior Bowl, and he was the best receiver as far as polished running routes. Again, he's a big guy, so you already have a guy like Jamison Crowder. You have your slot guy, your fast, speedy guy. To me, and again, you have Braxton Berrios, who you acquired from New England, as well as like another fast, shifty, speedy guy. Why not get a guy that can play on the outside that's a polished route runner that can go up and get balls for you? And one thing they do in the third round, they have two third-round picks, uh-huh. and they have it with the 68th pick, 
which linearly is the fourth pick, uh-huh. and then you have the fifteenth pick also with the seventy yeah. ninth pick. So that is a very that is a very good opportunity yeah. to get receivers at. I I agree. And I think honestly, if he's smart, that's what he does his third round. With. Yeah, because no mean, doubt. They definitely need edge. They need they need a lot of things. I mean, as dumb as this set, it sounds, I think the Dolphins are in a better position than the Jets are. Absolutely. And it's it's crazy if you look at records and you look yeah. at what could have potentially been. I mean, realistically, the Jets could have been close to the playoffs yeah. if they didn't have their quarterback go out with. And, and, and here's what's important, too. The Jets need to figure out very soon what they're going to do with Le'Veon Bell. That's what I was because, just about to ask because, you. Because the last thing you want is for the draft to be nearing and it be the it be mid-April and you still are uncertain as far as what you want to do with Le'Veon Bell. I think if you want to trade him, he has to be traded well before the draft because now you put your scouts and people that you're paying a lot of money to uh, evaluate this talent in the draft at a better position to help you out uh, come draft day. So I think it benefits the Jets to really figure out very, very early what they want to do with Le'Veon Bell. What would you rate, like, if you were a GM, uh-huh. what would be your target if you were going to go trade Le'Veon Bell? What would be, like, what would would you be looking for, obviously, draft picks and stuff yeah, like that? to me. What do you have him at a level at? It would have to be a third round. Third round pick? Yeah, third round. Yeah, I mean, I think anything uh, higher than a third round is, is is a stretch because I don't think he really had the year that a lot of people, or the year that he was expecting to have. So I think a third round pick is is, is suffice. Hmm. And I also think that the the Jets the Jets are also going to have to cover uh, a lot of that dead money. Well, 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 well not dead money. I just, I just feel like his salary is high. That whoever acquires him. We'll probably ask the Jets to acquire, you know, at least half of that money as well with them. So they'll look at them for a little bit of help. Be like, yeah. Hey, hey, kick back over here, buddy. Exactly. Similar to what the Titans looked at with Tannehill with the Dolphins. Like, listen, you know, we'll take Tannehill, but can you guys, you know, help us pay some of this? this no, no, I agree. Yeah, I mean, this guaranteed salary. You know, you look at him, he's in his second contract, uh-huh. and, you know, that's already an iffy for most yeah. teams. I mean, Le'Veon Bell, one good can be amazing, and there yeah, are no, teams out there that could use him. I think honestly, Seattle may look at that because I mean that's not a that's Ooh, a nice person yeah. having that's the a good fit. That Russell is a good Wilson. fit. I didn't think about uh, Seattle. Seattle. I mean that just came to mind. Another team potentially be a little bit more of a long shot, but just because they just have the uh-huh. offensive firepower and they just could they can't can't hurt to use more it would be even the Chiefs team if they're not set on Damian Williams. Yeah, no, that's true. Go use that third round pick. Yeah. Cuz I mean, you know their first two picks are going to be probably defensive heavy. Mm-hmm. So that could be your move for. Now, them. I know another team that was in the discussion uh right before the trade line during the season were the Eagles. The Eagles would be an interesting yeah. place too. Mm-hmm. Miles Sanders though is my only thing yeah. that kind of like puts it away. Because Miles Sanders was good, and also, if they really want to go and look for another guy, you could look at a Melvin Gordon. You could look yeah. at there's a couple other guys on free agency. I actually have a list. I'm trying to remember the guy's name off the top of my head, but I saw another running back that would be cheaper and probably, honestly, a little more efficient than him. Got to fish through my list real quick. Trying to remember who it was. I saw there was another... Like a, I mean, honestly, re-sign Jordan Howard at that point, or even Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake would honestly be the Listen, better 
would listen, be the more Ken, efficient Listen, Kenyon Drake is not getting out of Arizona, man. Listen, if, if I'm Cliff Kingsbury, I'm giving Kenyon Drake what he deserves because I think he was the breath of fresh air or the jolt that that offense needed in order to unlock uh, Kyler Murray because once Kenyon Drake came over, that offense just really started to click in ways that it wasn't clicking before he came over. So, yeah, I don't see the Arizona Cardinals letting uh, Kenyon Drake walk out of uh, the desert. If he does, then I think that will be a bad mistake for that organization because I like Kenyon Drake. I think that's the perfect fit for him with a guy like Kyler Murray uh, in an offense like that because Kenyon Drake excels at catching the ball out of the backfield and really being able to uh, make something out of nothing. And uh, just real quick here before we go out, uh-huh. one person I put on my list for the New York Jets, kind of an interesting name in my mind, Melvin Gordon, just because huh. he's going to be a free agent. He's okay. the most touted running back free agent. He's still not high, though, if you looked at power rankings for yeah. teams that could want him. If the Jets get rid of Le'Veon Bell, which honestly I think it would be the least shocking thing to happen because you can just <laughs> tell both sides aren't really yeah. happy with each other uh-huh. in there. I think that could be an interesting. That could be a good landing spot for him. Okay, young quarterback, rely on the run, and especially you'll get a third round pick, so you get an extra receiver. Yeah. You'll be able to spend it there. Just because I'm not sure if there's any running backs they're going to be able to get. You, you know the what? Fourth rounds would be a little rough to go grab a running back. See, here's the problem with me is I think Millivan Gordon is going to look at. Well, they really didn't want to pay a guy that they they paid in Le'Veon Bell, and they're shipping him out. So what makes me think that they're going to be happy to meet my demands or at least meet me halfway with my demands? So I don't think that's a bad fit, but I just think for what Melvin Gordon is trying to seek financially, I just don't see Adam Gates even coming close to that number, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and but part of my thing with like Adam Gates is I think that what – happened with him with Le'Veon Bell is that he kind of was forced into it yeah. and it was forced and it's just kind of looking at him like ah uh, yeah okay I, you know it's not really Adam Gase's ideal kind of running back yeah. Le'Veon Bell especially big attitude and everything like that but next team we're going to go to is the New England Patriots New England Patriots they have a first and a third round pick they have the 23rd pick in the first round and Third round pick, they have the eighty seventh, which is equivalent to yeah. the third twenty. Well, pick. you know, I you know I'll keep these next two teams uh, short. There's really not much yeah. they need draft wise. Uh-huh. I think these teams are interesting because of free agency. Correct. Because you have Tom Brady and Joe Thune, both two guys uh-huh. who are not going to be with the team potentially next year. I think if they lose Tom Brady, two names to keep an eye out for. One is uh, Andy Dalton. And the other is Derek Carr, because I really believe that if Tom Brady isn't going to go back to New England, it's going to be Las Vegas with John Gruden. I really, really believe that. And you can quote me on that. I'm, I'm very confident that if it's not going to be New England, it's going to be uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. And I can see the Raiders in New England uh, engaging in trades to acquire Derek Carr. So two names I would look out for. Again, if Tom Brady isn't the quarterback of the New England Patriots next year, is Derek Carr and Andy Dalton. And listen, Bill Belichick is going to do what he does every year. He's going to find a way to keep that team competitive. So <laughs> I just feel like uh, really going in depth on the Patriots is is kind of 
I mean, it doesn't really make any sense because I think they're very quiet about what they do. But at the end of the day, they always find a way to come out on top as far as being competitive once again. So looking at the Patriots, what the main things they're going to need, obviously, depending this one is very depending on what happens with Tom mm-hmm. Brady. Quarterbacks would be a number one need because they're not yeah. going to start Jared Stidham. That's not just that's I agree. Not a reasonable thing. Wide receiver. Mohamed Sanu is was your best receiver yeah. last year. You're not they're not happy with Philip Dorsett. No, I agree. They they're gonna be looking around. Edge rusher. They need an edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Tight end, because you know Bill Belichick's gonna want to go out there. Yeah. And this is a class of tight ends where you don't have to, you can wait till the third round to grab them, mm-hmm. which they have that third round pick. And I have a, a name that's familiar with the team that I think they're gonna go for okay. in that draft. And then, and then linebacker. But I don't. I think they're if they're gonna if they're gonna do anything with edge and linebacker. I think they're gonna do it during free agency. Oh, you think so? I think they're gonna try to get one of those guys because they're gonna be a team that's gonna want to try to win quickly. And I think with two positions like that, you want to kind of get a guy who's gonna be there. You now. know, because I mean, uh-huh. Bill Belichick's not gonna be looking for future. He's gonna be looking for now. I think with more of that. Stuff. Well, to me. That will go against the grain of what has made him so great over the years. The Patriots have always modeled themselves off of the draft and extend strategy as far as you draft players and then within two or three years you extend them. Uh, And that's why I'm surprised uh, you said that because I could look at them really being heavy in the draft as far as drafting guys that they feel – can come in right away and, and start. Now, I do think they're going to make some moves in free agency, but they've never been the team to really make astronomical moves as far as pay guys a lot of money. I mean, if they are going to make one move as far as edge rusher, I could see them signing Kyle LeVanoy back as far as giving him. That's who I was yeah. thinking would be kind of – he's he's kind of a hybrid type yeah. player where he kind of almost knocks out both of them. Yeah, because, because I think that Bill can say, you know what, I can give him a good enough deal to where I'm able to uh, have value but not overpay him. And I think he loves New England to where, you know, he'll look at the deal and say, you know what, it's a fair deal. I get to stay in New England. I don't have to move my family and, 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 and so forth. So I look for them to be more players in the draft because that's just been their strategy since Bill Belichick has been there as far as draft players and extend. So – the reason why I'm kind of saying this is because a couple free agents, and especially one that just had news that the team is going to allow him to go through free agency. The tight end position, I think they may look potentially in the draft and in free agency. I think they're going to be heavy guys to potentially look at an Austin Hooper. Okay. Just because he, the Atlanta Falcons are letting him test free agency, see what it is. I can see that. And, I mean, they love the tight end. So any, any tight end that wants to actually be able to play and make potential big plays – I think that's a perfect thing for him. Him and Hunter Henry, yeah. two big names in free agency there. And I think Hunter Henry might probably potentially stay. He's going to get tagged. Yeah. And and, and, and and for that reason, I, I mean, I don't see even Bill Belichick looking in his direction. Because, I think they'll look Austin Hooper because yeah. he's, he's a vertical. He's a more of a touchdown, big play kind yeah. of guy. But if they don't, Thaddeus Moss. Thaddeus yeah. Moss looked really good, and he realistically – he might drop to the fourth round. Yeah. This year is very much tight ends, late second day, early third day. That's when you mm-hmm. can see the top ones go off the board. Plus, wide receivers. I mean, this is a year that's deep with wide it receivers. Is. 
and you know if they want if they're going to keep Tom Brady, Tom Brady's a look at them and you say you better give me a weapon to throw to. Well, to me regardless whether you keep Tom Brady or not, that has to be the one position of need on offense that you need to get better at in a hurry because if you look at what Josh McDaniel wants to do and what he covets, he covets receivers that can really separate themselves from defensive backs and outside of Julian Edelman, I don't think they had a receiver that did that consistently this year. It was year. supposed to be Philip Dorsett, yeah. but that wasn't Philip yeah. Dorsett. No, I agree. I agree 100%. And T Higgins will be around that area of where he's getting picked and that was a bit that was a big play receiver yeah. at Clemson. So that's kind of an interesting one right there. I mean, besides that, the only the free agency receiver, the big name is Robbie Anderson. Yeah. And you know, if you're New England, you have to kind of be a little if you're every team you have to be a little iffy because he was really good with the Jets, mm-hmm. but he's the only target for the Jets, really. Yeah, well, you know, I don't want to – again, I don't know too much about Robbie Anderson, but I do know in that system that Josh McDaniel runs, they want their receivers uh, to be very versatile, and they want their receivers to know multiple positions. And I'm not trying to say that Robbie Anderson can't Robbie do Anderson's that. Robbie Anderson is more of a vertical yeah, receiver. Yeah, but, but I, don't think the Jets, I don't think the Jets, excuse me, put – that on his plate throughout his tenure in New York. So, again, I don't see him as a fit there in New England as a free agent. No, I agree with that. And, it's, I mean, I put him on the list, but honestly he was kind of more of if they really are desperate and they really don't hit on anybody and they really think that's what they need to yeah. do. I think I think they'll put an interest out on him just because – he is he's a big play receiver and I couldn't you know, it's just hard mm-hmm. to not put something out on him, but I don't think they're gonna be seriously shopping. Yeah, him. listen, I think they'll do their uh due diligence. But other than that, I just I just don't see anything uh 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 coming out of it. Also, a couple guys who I looked at just before we close him out, because I know he did uh-huh. say edge. There is if they do get Austin Hooper, I do think that they will go edge in the third round because there's a couple guys that are pretty interesting. Yeah, both Gator D edge rushers mm-hmm. and Jabari Zaniga and Jonathan Green uh, Grenard, mm-hmm. and you also have a guy from Curtis Weaver from Boise State who's pretty good. Yeah, but I think Curtis Weaver is gonna go off the board pretty early. I, I look at Curtis Weaver as a, a early day two guy. I, I look at him as far as second round because he's a guy, you know, he's not gonna wow you with his body type, but he's a guy that's that's a complete edge rusher, a guy that can play the play the run. And the guy that can rush the passer. To me, the person he reminds me of so much is Cam Jordan. Where, like, if you look at Cam Jordan, his body type doesn't scream, oh, this guy's going to make a, a ton of plays. But every time you watch a New Orleans Saints game or you cut on the New Orleans Saints film, who do you see? Number 94 showing up play after play after play. So that's my player comp to Curtis Weaver. And I do think that he has the film that's going to warrant him being drafted, I think, early, early day two. That's not bad. That's not a bad comparison at all. Honestly, that's a great comparison. If I was him, I'd be ecstatic. (laughs) I'd be coming in, you know. Yeah, because, I mean, again, I I just think if you look at his body type, he again, he's not the perfect comparison. Well, the perfect analogy is this. He's a guy you don't want to get off the bus first because his body type just isn't going to be like, no, nah, he's not the scary kind. Yeah, you know, yeah. he, he's a, he, he's the hard worker, as you. Yeah, at him, I mean, listen, likely. I don't want to do him wrong, but you know, he, he, you know, his body's a little a little flabby in certain areas. But the guy makes plays. 
He makes plays. You know what he is? You bring him out there first because you're like, oh, this guy is. And then, and then he comes out and he wrecks you. And you're like, <laughs> Reverse oh, psychology, man. huh? Oh, what the heck? Reverse psychology. So we'll finally go. We'll go to the team that realistically is coming out of this this season. Probably going to be the projected favorites for the top uh-huh. of the division. Buffalo Bills. They have the 22nd pick. They have the 50. Fourth pick mm-hmm. and the 86th pick, which all yeah. would be the 22nd picks in each round. Eight. Shaq Lawson, as you said, one of the yeah. big guys is going to be looking testing free agency. This team has a lot is going to return a lot of players, and honestly, they're, does, in a, they're in a good spot. They are. I was going to say that, man. I think this is the team out of all the teams in the division that I think is in the best spot to where if you go by – what they have position by position, it's really hard to really pinpoint what they need to address. Quarterback, they're fine. Offensive line, they're fine, but I think they know they can get a little bit better, but I think they're fine for the most part. Now, with I think the only position that they can really upgrade at as far as get bigger is wide receiver because, again, I don't really think you can have success in this league with, like, just a ton of small, shifty guys. You mean Cole Beasley can't win it for you? <laughs> I just don't two? think so. I just don't. So I think that's the only position for me offensively that I think they need to upgrade at. And then defensively, I think they're solid along the defensive line. I think they can probably get a little younger on the edges because I know Jerry Hughes is is up there now in years, and they may potentially uh, lose Shaq Lawson. Linebacker, I like what they have in uh, Edmonds and Milano and those guys. And then secondary, I like what they have in uh, Hyde, Poyer, uh, White. White. So, yeah, I mean, this is a team that I think is in the best position out of all the other teams we just mentioned in the AFC East. Yeah, and, I mean, they're going to probably – Frank Gore, I'm assuming he's not going to – he's probably looking at maybe not being back with the team next year. Mm-hmm. Honestly, he should retire probably, but I don't, <laughs> he think, should, I don't think he will. He's, he's just, not, He's man. just an animal. He's, he's not, not going to do You know, it's funny. That. I've seen uh, – not to go off topic, i seen Frank the other night when I was out watching a fight, man, and – Frank looked like he is in great shape, man. Looking like he is, he is, he is ready to play. I think what is oh, he's always sixteenth or seventeenth year. He's up there. It's, it's yeah, something it, like no, that. No, it's definitely yeah, it's, it's up it's there. Been, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's that's up there. For sure. He. It's almost uh-huh. my whole life. He's yeah. been playing football, uh-huh. which is, which is nuts to think yeah. about. I agree with you. I mean, I put like their needs: wide receiver, uh huh, offensive line, edge, just in case they can't bring back I Lawson, agree. and then a corner. Because I mean, you. It can't hurt to choose another corner. Mm-hmm. So, I looking at free agency, I'm not really seeing much unless they're going for potentially a Kyle Van Noy or they go and try to somehow get Joe Thune. I yeah. don't. I don't see much coming out of this free agency group. Like, just they're going to be really interested in. I think they're going to put in really looking for Shaq Lawson no, to bring him back on the team. I think that would be the most important thing they could do. I think for them, they're in a position to where they can be low spenders this year in free agency. And I think for them, they can focus a lot of their attention uh, on the on the NFL draft. Because, again, this is a team that I think is already set in most of the positions – uh, on offense and defense to where, you know what, if you want to, like I just said, you can punt on free agency for the most part and just kind of spend sparingly and, 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 and be cheap with your money. But then at the same time, really go after the guys that you want to bring in and, and, and develop 
uh, at certain positions of, of, of need. And, like, one thing I have is I think 23rd, I think they're going to go if the Patriots – I think they're going to try to steal one of the Patriots receivers. I think they're mm-hmm. going to go potentially either Jalen Rieger or they're going to go T. Higgins at that spot. Yeah. It's about where the, those two will you, be drafted. You know, I I hear you, but I think knowing Sean McDermott, knowing he's a defensive guy, I think if there's an edge rusher there that they really covet that's still on the board, I can see them saying, you know what, let's take a premium position. Let's get this guy in. Let's hope that this guy turns out to be uh, a boom for us. And now we're able to have this guy at a fair, fair price for the next four or five years. And I can see them taking a receiver maybe later in the draft because, again, that that position is so, so deep. I just feel like this. You shouldn't draft the receiver in the first round unless you ultimately need a guy to come in and be a big play guy immediately, immediately because this draft is just so deep to where if you don't really need a an immediate impact at the position – then you're doing yourself a disservice by drafting a wide receiver in the first round in this year's draft, in my opinion. I mean, I get that. I, I see that completely on there. I don't know. I look at, like, a guy like those, though. I mean, Cole Beasley's nice. You can't have him as your number two. I agree. And, I mean, it really depends on what teams are going to do. I mean, you're going to see trades and stuff like that, and you're going to see mid-round trades. You might see a lot of teams just snapping up receivers in the second, third round, which they do have a later pick. And, I mean, second round – I could see them potentially looking at um, Lloyd Cushenberry. He's one of the offensive linemen who is going to be out there. Yeah, I like that. I think he'll be kind of a steal later towards that, and I think that's what their second round is going to be. And, I mean, you could get get defensive guys like Ed Rushers. I mean, as I said, you had the Florida Mm. Gator guys that are going to be sitting there in that third round, even a Darrell Tanner. Yeah. Taylor. But, see, my thing is this. If if you do bring in Lloyd Cushenberry, he's going to clearly be a guard because you just uh, signed Mitch Morris – uh, not even two years ago to a huge, huge deal at center. So if you bring in a guy like Lloyd Cushenberry, he's going to play one of the guard positions. And actually, interestingly enough, Quentin Spain, that's good. They're starting left, ta- left uh-huh. guard. He is going to be a free agent yeah. this season. So, I mean, that would be a nice yeah, little fix. Out. And mm-hmm. honestly, you don't need the first-round pick on that. You don't need to reach up for it, and that's why I'm looking. You could get your receivers because John Brown is their other receiver. John Brown, I mean, yeah. he's been – He's getting a little older. He's not going to be a number one receiver forever, so it's just getting a guy for yeah. the future to put through, especially since you're going to have Josh Allen out there, and you can almost put your little three-headed monster there with Josh Allen, Singletary, and like a T. Higgins or Jalen Rieger out there. That's why I look at that. Okay. So, what are, so I guess we'll go for you, though, because we've been doing uh-huh. this the whole one. No problem. So what do you think their three picks are going to be kind of in the like draft? Since, you know, okay, really I think – uh, First round, I think knowing Sean McDermott is going to be an edge rusher. Uh, in the second round, the second round is where it gets interesting. Uh, I can see them probably taking a secondary player if a secondary player is there that they covet. If not, I can see them taking uh, an offensive line, but I can see them taking more of a secondary player. And then the third round is when I think – you'll see them take a wide receiver only because, again, this draft class is so, 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 so deep. So, again, I'm going to go edge rusher for the first round for them. Second round, I'm going to go uh, secondary. And the third round, I'm going to go wide receiver. 
I just realized the guy who I didn't even think about, Damon Arnett, could be there in the second round for yes. him to pick at that. And he's mm-hmm. he's a big physical corner out there. Yep. So I didn't even think about that. That could be your uh, second round secondary pick. Because, I mean, they are strong secondary. There's a lot of young guys mm-hmm. on that especially. And then third round, I mean, wide receiver, as you said. It is, even if you're getting a guy in the third round, you're still going to get a good pick. Yeah. I mean, as I said, this is like a team that's more or less everything's kind of built. You're just kind of adding in pieces. I know a lot of guys are looking because I know I put him on my list because I've seen a lot of guys put him on the list. Mm-hmm. Zach Moss, they're looking potentially to put that second running back in there because Frank Gore's retiring, yeah. and you're going to have to put a lot of work on Devin Singletary, who is a smaller but built guy. Yeah. Zach Moss, Cam Akers, those guys are on the list. Do you think they go and draft that way or no? Well, one guy I think that's going to be available when they do start to consider a running back is A.J. Dillon. And I think A.J. Dillon is a perfect complement for a guy like Devin Singletary. You have a you have a, you have have a a scat back uh, in Devin Singletary, and now you bring in a guy that's just a a, a, a workhorse uh, right behind him. Because, again, again, I, I, I look at A.J. Dillon as a, a – uh, a day three guy, you know, as far as fourth or fifth round. And to me, if you're Buffalo, that's great value for him because you have a guy in, De- in, Devil S- in Devin Singletary who you can count on to be your every your every down back. Now you add a short yardage and goal line back to the mix and then a guy that can spell a Devin Singletary too. I mean, listen, if Buffalo happens to land A.J. Dillon, man, listen, that would be, that would be to me a steal because to have a guy that big – along with a guy like Devin Singletary, who's very shifty and can make people miss. I mean, listen, you have a two-headed monster, man, brewing. And I hey, – you know what? It's not. I agree with you on that one. I mean, fourth round, I think that's a great time yeah. to get it because, I mean, as I said, a lot of running backs are going to be back. Them and tight ends are going to be back more yep. this year than they usually are. I agree. So just a quick recap of what we did for the AFC East, Miami Dolphins, Three guys who we think they should look at in free agency, no- Kyle Van Noy, Logan Ryan, and Joel Thune, mm-hmm. just because they have a lot of space. And then they're going to probably go quarterback number one in the draft. I think they just have For to. Sure. For Even sure. Even if they don't want to, I think they have to. <laughs> exactly. They're going to go tackle with that 18th pick, mm-hmm. which will probably be Andrew Thomas, or if Andrew Thomas off the board, then Josh Jones. Mm-hmm. 26th pick will probably be – Kind of a best available with edge. If it's there. Back. Yeah, yeah, if it's there. If edge. it's there. So whatever's best available there. Then we go over to the Jets, who with their first one, you see them potentially going what they should do with yeah, a lineman. <laughs> but air quotes here. But but Adam Gase, yeah. CD Lamb potentially, uh-huh. or one of the or Jefferson, yeah. something like that. You know, the two three receiver, whoever what happens with that. And then with their second round pick, you'll get edge. But you also see secondary being something yeah. that's going to be picked mm-hmm. there. Either or. And then the third round, honestly, what they should do, what they should, we're not <laughs> going based off Adam Gase, but Van Jefferson yeah. has a nice third-round pick there. I agree, man. Big receiver, man. And then the New England Patriots, honestly, the main thing they're probably going to work on is Tom Brady. Yeah. And then if not, you said a couple options, which are interesting with the Andy Dalton and Derek Carr. Mm-hmm. Both needed to be traded for, yeah. though. But that's an interesting one. And you're thinking, I like I like that. We have to just I have to mention it out again. Okay. You think Brady to Vegas? Uh-huh, I do. I think Brady may go to Nashville. Honestly, well, I have an idea. You, you know, the only reason I say Vegas because Brady wants to get paid the money that he feels he deserves, and I can see. Knowing, listen, knowing the son of Al Davis, Mark Davis, 
he's willing to give Brady whatever Brady oh, wants. Oh, because he knows how much Brady money wants. he will make. Exactly. If you have Tom Brady in Vegas, you could put him on a Vegas yeah. billboard. He will make that will be so much money to this team. Everything. Uh-huh. The whole uh, that will be actually a player who goes to a city and actually yeah. could drive a lot no, of money. I, I totally Even if agree. It's a farewell and, tour. And then you, you look at the fit. I mean, they have an offensive line that's in place. They have a stud of a running back. Uh, they'll probably be in the market for a wide receiver in the first round. So, like, let's say if they draft a C.D. Lamb or or a Jerry a Jerry Judy, now you have Tom Brady with they Josh have two Jacobs. First round picks, yeah. Also. And so now you have Tom Brady behind a great offensive line uh, with a young, great uh, running back, and now with another young, uh, great wide receiver. I mean, you can't beat that if you're Tom Brady. Like at that age, I mean, forty, like what, forty two, forty three at that age. See, you I can't agree beat it, man. I agree with you on that yeah, one. But I, I, but you know, I wasn't going that yeah. way with uh, when he said it was a perfect fit. Uh-huh. I said it was a perfect fit because you know that's where usually like celebrities go up to get True. washed up and stuff like that. And realistically, <laughs> Tom Brady is at the time where it's not even his fault. He's just old yeah. enough where he's washed up. You know, become a Vegas show, play every Sunday, mm-hmm. perfect thing, making millions of dollars. I think that's amazing. He'll be at the Backstreet Boys <laughs> there. And then finally, the Bills. Realistically, not much. Just no. kind of like chilling. Yeah. Get uh, uh, edge rusher, secondary wide receiver, kind of fill in those gaps. Correct. Need them, uh-huh. and then get depth. I think yes, more than get anything. depth, and then maybe try to go fourth round, find yeah. an efficient running back. You said AJ Dillon. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that one. Yeah. So before we end, just because I want to have your opinion on this. Okay. We had to talk the Wilder fight. You were very active on Twitter about uh-huh. it. So you saw what Wilder said after the fight. What was one of the reasons why he lost? Was because of his forty pound little uh, costume that he had coming in. Everything affected his legs; were too tired from it. As a man who played football, uh-huh. put on a bunch of pads. I'm sure heavy helmet, everything like that. Do you think you would have like had a crazier, much better time playing when you didn't have those on? Um, Do you think those really affected your game? I know. It's I think a okay. But I think early on it does, but I think you learned the way of the land and what I mean uh, by that is I want to say within my third year I started to see guys like Chris Myers Eric Winston they would get the smaller shoulder pads and then uh, again when I first came into the league you didn't have to wear like uh, thigh pads or knee pads or anything like that so when I saw those guys started to invest like in the uh, the smaller shoulder pads I said aha now I get it because my whole entire uh, life leading up to wearing smaller shoulder pads, I wore alignment shoulder pads, and they're huge. Oh, those so, things are massive. Yeah, they are. So I think DeAndre, uh, excuse me, Deontay, <sighs> come on, man. That's no excuse because you've been boxing for too long to not really understand that, okay, this equipment may be a little bit too heavy for me to wear before the fight. And then you added, what, 15, 20 pounds before the fight. I mean, you went for what two fifteen to about two thirty one. Yeah, which I mean, honestly, you should have been putting on that weight the full time ahead of time. Yeah, because when you're fighting a guy who's two seventy and is taller than you, yeah, I would be trying to get close to the weight as possible. Like yeah. realistically, the fight before him, I would have been trying to get like near those kind of weight differences. I would have been like maybe ten, like ten, like twenty pounds. Yeah, not like forty, because that's just a huge thing. Yeah, uh, but but. I'll, I'll I'll end up on this. I don't want to see that fight again. I don't want to see. Uh, Man, you read my sheet. 
You listen, read my sheet? No, that's no, what I was just no, about no, to ask no, you. No, I did, man. Listen, I do. Listen, I do not want to see a, uh, a Wilder and Fury and uh, Fury Part Three. I don't. I think for me, I want to see the two Brits go at it between uh, Fury and Joshua, and uh, I think Wilder next will have to probably fight Ruiz. Um, big boy, and, yeah, yeah, big and, boy, yeah, and again, and and I think that makes sense for uh, for both Fury and for uh, Wilder. Unfortunately, I had, do have to tell you that he's already signed for number three, oh, so we man. will get fight number Come three because the man. loser has the option to put True, in the yeah. fight. Huh. So he's already done it because you know yeah. he's making all these excuses. Yeah. Which I guess will drive up. It's not going to be a big pay per view event, but yeah. you know it's just going to be an interesting one. But Rashad, it's that time. We'll get off that, it is. And you know what? I'm going to go first. Go first, man. So you can follow me on Twitter at MattW560. You know, ask any questions, insult me all you want, <laughs> make fun of my anything. You know, I'll, I'll take anything. I'm not really afraid of it. Rashad, how about you? You can follow me at Rashad, R A S H A D, Jamal, J A M A A L B. On Twitter, don't be afraid to mention me. Uh, get at me. Listen, I am uh, down to debate, converse, all of the whole entire gambit of things. So don't be afraid to get at me. No, he really isn't. And he will talk to you almost about any sport. I mean, I haven't seen any, like, cricket on there. But, you know, honestly, uh, you know, if he's up at, like, 3 in the morning one night, I wouldn't be shocked if he starts talking some cricket with us. You got anything on cricket? Oh, no, no, no. All right, so maybe not. We'll see. I think he will, though. I think you can see it. But listen, subscribe. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You know you can listen to it 30 more times. Won't mind. I don't think we would, right, Rashad? <laughs> listen, I'm all for it. Exactly. Look I'm all that. for That's it, man. You see? Do, man. Listen I'm all 30 for more it. times. Do yes. whatever you like. But besides that, Rashad, it's been a great podcast. It has, man. I loved it.